Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek, a sixth generation shaman and best selling author of Spirit Hacking, bridges the gap between science and spirituality and brings us back to our roots. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders, to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. The time has come to end codependency and put the power back into people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. What is the shaman school? No. You're not going to be studying to pursue a career in shamanism or to bang a drum. The definition of shamanism is one who understands relationship. The shaman school offering reminds you how to have a better relationship with things and how to nurture these relationships, whether it be with yourself, the food you eat, the people you meet, your ancestry, community, the global community, animals, nature, and so forth. My goal is to demystify spirituality, to add a bit of science and understanding of how things operate in the energetic planes. The Shaman School's no-nonsense teaching explores all faculties of experience, from the physical, the emotional range, the mental capacity for information, dialogue, lexicon, energy, perception, awareness, how to understand the energy of currency, and so much more. Fundamental education teaches the basics that we need in society, how to read, write, add, subtract, pay our bills, or how to become doctors, artists, mechanics, etc. But the Shaman School is a school that we all should have been a part of, one that offers the additional tools needed to better understand who we are, why we think the way we do, what's going on behind the scenes, and what we are actually seeing and processing. Are you living well? Are you paying bills just to keep the roof over your head? Are you in a relationship but not fulfilled? Satisfaction cannot be lowered anymore by the inability to recognize possibility. Living well means fulfilling your ideas and your goals and your dreams and having the best time doing it. In the Shaman School, I've extracted the best from all of the world philosophies, religions, spiritual teachings, and theories, offering a juice without pulp that will empower your life. The Shaman School invites you to a world where you're able to seize the tools of understanding, where you're able to have fun and have more because you deserve more. Go to shamandurek.com and click on the Shaman School for the first step toward ultimate happiness and an understanding of your truest self. Let's make things easier and not harder for our life. We deserve that. See you soon. Hello, Tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. I'm Shaman Jurek, and I'm super happy to be on this planet with you and to share in this beautiful, momentous time of our growth and our celebration and moving ourselves from a lower density frequency of darkness and fear and lack and limitation and scarcity to a higher frequency of love, adoration, understanding, devotion, compassion, celebration, joy, happiness, pleasure, and bliss and prosperity. This is a wonderful time to be alive, a great time to be alive, to be able to see and witness 
witness the transition and also the people coming together who are bringing all of these energies into fruition as each intended master, meaning that every human being is operating in the intended grace to bring more love into the space, right? And take it and rock it to a whole new place, right? We talk about fifth dimensional consciousness. We operate in the field of the transition. This is the transitional period where we start to build the bridge, our intellect and energies that create the fifth dimensional frequencies. And we do that by letting go of all of our attachments, our frequencies of energies that we're holding onto that are holding any form of density or limitation over us from having more joy, more happiness, more love, more playfulness, more understanding, and more um, just being able to let go and relax a little, right? Like, don't make things so melodramatic and dramatic across the board. Like, just let go. It's like, okay, whatever. So you made a mistake. Big deal. Let's move on, right? It's not about, like, dwelling. I think the dwelling aspect has caused a lot of difficulty for a lot of people because they get so caught up in the need to be right about their pain and hurt about what they feel is happening to them instead of realizing that everything is happening to them is only happening to them in the way they think and perceive information and intelligence, right? If you perceive an information and intelligence from the perspective of love, then you actually are beginning to create an understanding that everything that's happening to you is getting you to a place of loving yourself more so that you can love others more and then share that modeling effect of love in the world today. So, that being said, we step into this, this beautiful transition of life where we are able to like open ourselves up and go, wait a second, I want to be as open as possible. And the only way I can be open as possible is to continue to do the inner love, right? Which creates the outer love and be able to look at the places inside of myself where I'm not refining myself and bringing more joy to places or I'm being more stubborn and holding on to more fear or more guilt or more shame, which are all lower level vague frequencies that are not really supporting us and helping us to be able to reach into a higher place of our consciousness. So we have the ability to shift out of that and we have the ability and the tools and the capabilities to move through that. And it's all done by the way we choose to um, elect our consciousness. Now elect our confidence. Like when you think about like, you know, electing your president or electing your governor or any of these things, you're making a choice on who you want to represent you. Well, it's the same thing in the spirit world. Are you, who are you electing? Are you electing love to represent you? And are you electing joy to represent you or wisdom or are you electing fear as a as a main component as the way it represents you in this world so every time something happens that is the representative that stands in front of you and tells you and speaks to you and shares with you about what you're seeing what you're viewing what you're feeling and what you're perceiving when in fact if you elected love, you'd get a whole different viewpoint with a whole new different experience of how you feel and sense and connect into the world. And that's really important for us to realize is that a lot of times people don't realize that they've elected certain spirits to give them information about what they're experiencing. You see, we don't just reach out our feelings and feel. We actually feel based upon information that's given to us. That information is going through a representative. That representative, if it's fear, then that's how you're going to get it. If it's love or if it's joy or if it's understanding or if it's deep, deep wisdom, then you're going to get it through that as well. Right. And so being aware of what we elect as our representative, who is the voice and the emotional person who is standing in alignment to what we elect to give us the information that we're looking at or that we're feeling in this universe. A lot of times people don't know that they think that because they feel something, that's their feelings. They don't understand that when you feel something, 
there is a spirit that's telling you what you're feeling based upon who is your elective representative, right? And same when you look at something, you look at something and if you have a spirit that's love, you're going to look through that through that representative and see and, and gain information that's coming back from you from a place of love. But if you're looking from a place of fear or hate or, or any of these um, other different representatives that you could call upon if you choose, if I were you, I wouldn't. But again, you know, this is the great thing about free will and you have complete free will to choose as you please. That being said, if we understand that, okay, so the key element of how we're operating on the planet is not so much about how much we do as far as what kind of activities we do in order to create some kind of spiritual wholeness or spiritual well-being. It's not about that. It's about how we are electing these representatives to be able to show us frequencies and energies. There's all types of spirits that are around us all the time, every day. And a lot of people don't realize that a lot of these things that people feel and sense and are getting are because they're being reflected from spirits that are standing in front of them and telling them, this is what's happening and this is what you're why you're experiencing this mind blow so again when when we think about that we have to go like wow I need to get in alignment and see like what spirit is actually representing me, right? And then if you notice that every time you look out at the world and you get like a feeling of like looking for something wrong or looking for fear or looking for these things, you know who's representing you. And the question is why, right? So the key is, is to really engage that energy by, by observing that representative and how that representative has been elected by you for what purpose? Or did you elect that representative to hold that space for your intellect? and for your emotional intelligence because of something your parents or a guardian or a friend or someone told you, right? And then it's time to say like, I'm sorry, but um, I'm not I'm not electing you anymore. And I'm really just going to elect love as my, as my representative of how I choose to perceive and do my mind intelligence and do my emotional awareness. And so that way you begin to experience a different world, different people, different places, different experiences, different feelings, different tastes, different sounds. I mean, it just becomes like this, oh my God, it's so different from what you knew before. Right. And that's because you're able to change the way of the scope of how you're receiving that information and how that scope is playing itself out in the understanding of that information. So when we get into this whole kind of like reactive behavior, we have to understand we're not reacting off the person. We're reacting off of how we perceive them. And so, again, if we begin to shift out of this mindset of going like, wait a second, I'm going through all these difficult things in my life. You know, maybe you're having money problems. Maybe you're having um, health problems. Maybe you're having, uh, you know, relationship problems. Maybe you don't even have a relationship. Maybe you're going through situations where you feel like the people in the world are always doing something to you that it just hurts you and makes you feel like you don't feel loved and supported and whatnot. And maybe you feel alone. Maybe you feel like nothing works out for you. Maybe you feel like you put so much energy and some things get ripped from underneath you and like things get taken away from you. Maybe you feel like, what's the point of me living? All of these things is because the spirit that's representing you. So again, if the spirit of love was representing you or the spirit of joy or the spirit of, of, you know, encouragement, you would get a very different type of experience. I can tell you right now, you can even take an experiment, like take your hand and be represent and just acknowledge right now, say to yourself, okay, body, emotions, and mind, 
you are represented by unconditional love and joy. Now rub your hand on something and feel what that feels like. Right? Just like right now I'm rubbing my hand on my sofa and it just feels so joyous and so yummy and so, oh, right? But let's say, for instance, you say you are represented by fear and disappointment and then rub your hand and just notice that it doesn't feel that great. It's not feeling that great anymore, right? And that's the same thing. And so like, if you think a lot of times people don't realize that the reason why they don't have the most healthiest relationships than they could and the way they could is because they're letting spirits represent them. And the way that they're perceiving their partner is through the eyes of these spirits, which basically if it's a spirit of fear or the spirit of lack or the spirit of anger or whatever, you're going to constantly take whatever your mate says to you or whatever they do or whatever they say, it's going to come through that projection. It's going to come from that lens. It's going to come back to you energetically in that way, through your feelings and through your mindset, because that's who's representing you. So it's important for us to really take inventory, you know, for the sake of taking inventory, because it's good to take inventory sometimes, because look, let's be real. Okay. There's some things that could be sitting on your shelf that, you know, just kind of have an expiration date and need to go bye-bye. You know, and not a lot of times people take inventory to see like what needs to go bye bye. Like, you know, you don't own like a store or shop and you keep things on your shelf. Eventually there's an expiration date and eventually no one's buying it. So what do you do? You sell it. You get rid of it. You use, you know, you get you if the product has gone bad, you have to throw it out. So it's the same thing. Like everything has a season and everything has a reason. So if you have things on your shelf of your consciousness and or the shelf of your emotions and it's spirits that are sitting on that shelf that are like, hey, I'm the spirit of of pain. I'm the spirit of loss. I'm the spirit of scarcity. I'm the spirit of poverty. I'm the spirit of this. I'm sorry, but your expiration date has is 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 has come. You have expired. You have expired. Your time is up. There's no more time for me to spend with you. So I must say goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. There's no more reason to keep you here. I don't need you anymore, fear. I don't need you anymore. It's time to say goodbye. It's time to say goodbye. See you later, alligator. Sayonara. Adios. It's time to say goodbye. I don't need you any more pain. I don't need you any more anger. I don't need you any more fear. No, dear, no more. It's time to show you the door. It's time to say goodbye. 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 Goodbye.
goodbye. You see, there's a point in our lives where things have expired and we have to be okay with the fact that they do expire. And look, there's a lot of things that expire. Like I have friends who expire. I mean, look, I'm not trying to say that I put expiration rates on all my friends, but look, if you're not amplifying love and you're not coming in words out of your mouth are not generating creations of energy and ecstasy and bliss and like new ways that we can collaborate ideas that inspire my mind to be greater ideas that are being taken in from me to you because you want to be greater. And all the time you're around, you're just complaining and draining and you're just constantly unhappy and miserable and constantly keep trying to convince me of your misery and your poverty and everything that's going bad for you because you want someone to feel sorry for you so they can make whatever you believe real. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You've got to go. Bye. 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 See you later, alligator. Bye-bye. See you later, alligator. Bye-bye. Because no one wants to sit here and listen to that schnitt. I'm sure you understood the word that I didn't quite finish it. I don't want to listen to your complaints. I don't want to listen to your woes. I just want to show you one thing more. I'm showing you to my door and I'm saying bye, 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 bye. See you later, alligator. Bye, bye. You have clouded up my life with all your nonsense. I've given you chance after chance to see the light. I've said goodbye. Can I say it with conviction? I say goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Bye bye, bye bye. See you later, alligator. Bye bye. Cause no more will I need to suffer. No more do I need to cry. So I simply say to you, bye bye. Because the thing is, there's all these beautiful people in the world who are seeking to have people like you in their life. There's all these amazing relationships that you could go into from people who seek to have you in their life. Because remember, relationships, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it may be, it is all about the relationship. Aha, isn't that lovely? A beautiful crow has just flown by. Mm, what is your message today, beautiful crow? Oh, yes, the crow says it's time to let go of the suffering. 
The suffering comes from you constantly returning to all of your woes and your woos and your woes in your life that you've experienced before. That's the wonderful thing about time. You might as well use time as a benefiting source to get away from that which was to becoming something new and in something that is now. I mean, why would you want to go back in time to visit all of those dreadful, horrid, life-draining memories when you can simply create new ones or go back to the ones that were beautiful and beautiful and, and, and wonderful, like the first time I arrived in Disneyland as a child. That was something to never put away, like to always remember that, to, to remember that, that moment that I first arrived at Disneyland. It was like ecstasy and bliss and uh, I just felt so much freedom and alive that there's a world that connects with me, a, a, a world that connects with who I am. Or the first time that I ever did anything that was about being a child and having adventure, where I would make up games and stories and take people on adventures off into the wilderness to find sacred clues and different things with my friends. And that was to me something to remember. Not the painful memories or the things that brought utter disgust into your life. Why would you keep such a thing? I mean, literally, let's look at it from this perspective. You have furniture in your home. Your mirror, you go look at it, it's cracked. Your chair is broken. Your bed has holes in it and the springs are coming out. Do you keep it? Do you, do you hold on to it? Do you put it in another room perhaps so you can revisit it? To remember how horrible it was that every night you went to sleep, you felt a spring in your back. Every time you looked in the mirror, the mirror was cracked. Every time you sat in the chair, you fell over. Why would you keep these things to go back to them just so you can revisit them? You see, trauma is initiated over and over again every time you go and visit that broken mattress and that broken mirror and that broken chair. You constantly are going back to things that don't bring pleasance to your, how do I say doesn't bring a pleasant feeling to your spirit. Your spirit doesn't feel pleasurable by constantly revisiting those old memories of dull and doom and most importantly, gloom. So again, why are we as human beings utilizing our powerful intelligence, our amazing intelligence, our ability to think in ways that take us higher and higher. Our powerful intelligence, most intelligent, powerful genius mind. Why do we decide to go back to the things that cause us pain? Is it because we want to remember that it happened? We want to make notes and take some information that we didn't think we had. Or maybe we just want to get real mad. Who knows? I can tell you this, that it's a waste of intelligent energy because powerful information is the true station to get yourself aboard the lead train. So go ahead, all aboard, come with me. You will see that you can be a lit leader legacy. Now, I would always say to everyone, and I always say this to everyone, that 
If you want to bring a friend on the lit train, which is wonderful, just make sure they get on. But if they don't, don't wait around because the train will leave without you. You see, because we got places to go and people to see and things to do. And uh, should we rewind that and say we have people to see, places to go, people to do? No, 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 no. Come on now, you guys, come on. No pun intended. We have places to go, things to do, people to see, people to meet, people to greet, make it complete, bring us all together as one powerful tribe. So get on that lit train, baby. Get on that lit train, baby. Come on and ride that lit train with me. I want to show you a world of possibility. So get on that train. Don't be a drain. Don't hang out. Get on the train because we are going to infinity. Infinity, infinity, infinity. In the fifth dimension, you will see infinity. See, the thing is, every time somebody tries to say something negative to you, you don't need to respond with at all. You see, every time someone tries to say something negative to you, you don't need to respond to the nonsense. Well, of course, if you had some sense, you wouldn't respond to the nonsense because then it would just make you feel so completely stressed and have anxiety and all kinds of other things that come along with it, like inflammation, bad microbiome, balance in your your neurological system goes all wackety, wackety, wah. So why would you want that? I don't think you should. So the key element here is recognizing, one, who is your representative? Boom, get that down, right? And if you don't like who's representing you, elect someone different. I mean, for goodness sakes, you know, we have our own voting system. It's called free will. And you can choose all types of spirits to actually um, basically, you know, be a representative for your emotions and the way you perceive the world. Now you can actually begin to see heaven on earth instead of seeing well, whatever it is that people choose to see. The thing I'm saying is that you can. And also just remember that there is an expiration date for things, that things need to be cycled out. And if people are bringing love and positivity and expansion and growth and whatever, they never have to expire because why? Because you are lit like a fire. Burn, burn, fire, burn, 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 fire, burn, 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 burn. But make sure you drink lots of water because you're about to go pyro by keeping that type of people around you because you're going to be so lit, so powerful. Everyone around you is going to be powerful. They're going to feel powerful. You're going to feel powerful. You're going to be like the powerful twins, you know, like powerful uh, Justice League, like powerful superhero, powerful. And you're going to like change the world. You will be changing the world. I said, you will be changing the world. That's pretty cool. Well, anyway, I love you so much. And I'm glad to be able to share these informations with you so that you can take yourself to a higher place and realize how powerful and amazing and beautiful and divine and yummy and delicious and ah. I think I just had a mental orgasm by thinking how much I love you and how amazing you are. And thank you for God for creating you. I hope you have the same for yourself because you should, because you're that cool. Like cool, not with a C-O-O-L, but with a K-O-O-L. Kind of like cool, like cool cat, like cool cat on the block, you know, that kind of cool. 
Anyway, I love you and thank you for being such an amazing and powerful leader of legacy and a member of the tribe of powerful leaders of legacy. And I look forward to, um, you know, continuing to have more talks with you. Thank you for being a part of Ancient Wisdom today and I'll see you soon. Or should I say talk to you soon, but see you soon too because I can actually see some of you. But talk to you, I think that would be better. Yeah. Hey, guy, think about it. (laughs) That's right. I don't know who that guy is. But what I will say is this, is talking to you is the best thing in the world. Sharing my love with you and honoring you because I know that you can do anything and you're powerful. So have an amazing, powerful, blessed day. Love you. Hey, Tribe. So the Tribe wants to hear from you. And I know a lot of you are talented out there in music and poetry and recipes and ideas and just, you know, things that you want to share with the Tribe. You can send that information to info at shamandurek.com and share your gifts with the Tribe. Love you all and stay lit. Hello, Tribe. We have another Tribe share by Samantha Jones. Uh, It's a poem called I Am Rooted. Uh, You can find her at Samantha Jones Darling. That's S-A-M-A-N-T-H-A-J-O-N-E-S-D-A-R-L-I-N-G. Enjoy. The tree. I am no longer a lonely feather, being pushed across the earth by the wind, blown out of my resting position with human breath, falling from the sky randomly after losing grip on my home, the mother bird. I am no longer being picked up for my beauty and admired for my luck, then tossed aside because I am useless. I am a warrior that has retired its feather plumes of flight. I plant myself here. Now it's time to rest and allow the strength to do its thing. Like a tree that grows thick and full and its roots go deep, quietly living its own life. I will continue like the tree to grow, sprouting green leaves and flowers. The messages I learn becoming deeper in me like the roots go into the earth. I go slow and steady now. I grow slow now. I am rooted. I am planted. Come sit under my branches and hug my trunk. Walk by as you stroll through the park. Take my picture. I am beautiful. I have lived through drought and famine. I have survived it all. And now I offer to share my shade and coolness with you. And like a tree, I grow a little each day, occasionally and seasonally, offering the flowers and fruits of my labor to the earth. Hey Tribe, we're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors, who is Lit Verified. The Lit Verified store is open. But what does Lit Verified mean? Lit Verified is an acknowledgement and stamp of approval 
by the tribe. I have tried each of these products and they are the best. Lit Verified products vary from beauty, technology, clothing, food, health, and wellness, and anything that is ethically sourced, organic, maintained, and sustainable. Not every product offered to the team passes the Lit Verified test. No, not at all. Every Lit Verified product is carefully researched. Every CEO has been met with. Every ingredient carefully looked into the process production of all of it. I have seen the impact these vendors are making. Their vision and ethics are aligned with our tribe, with people who are consciously supporting community and want to make a difference in our world and make it a better place for us. Lit Verified products are ethically sourced and meet the highest industry standards. When purchasing Lit Verified products, we give back by creating sustainability and by leading the world to make better choices. You can be confident that you're buying into a company that supports a vision for change, not just a company that wants to line their pockets with money. We live in a time where we are oversaturated by commercials, TV, and social media, where far too many celebrities and influencers are endorsing things they know nothing about and things they might be doing damage to people, to the earth, and to animals. With Lit Verified, we've taken that doubt out of the equation. You're not only getting the best, but you're also doing the best. Pick up your awesome Lit Verified items at shamanduric.com and click on the link that takes you to Lit Verified. Love well, tribe. All right, tribe. Time to hear from our special guest. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. I'm Shaman Durek, and I am so happy that you are on the planet and that you are keeping it lit and you are being a leader of legacy because right now that is what we need. We need leaders who are out there in the world bringing love, generosity, kindness, and presence into this planet at this time so that we can change the social atmosphere to recognizing how we are lifting and shifting other people by through our conversations, our interactions, and the way that we are living our lives, which is about realness with the feelness. And I am so happy because, you know, it's important for us to keep that love vibe and really keep that positive energy flowing and going so that we are able to take ourselves to a higher place in our evolution. Remember, the solution is evolution. It's about being adaptable and recognizing change wherever we can make it. And however we can impact another person's life is the greatest gift that we can bring. And speaking about impactful people, I have in the studio today, Marcus Black, who is here to share his love, his wisdom, his knowledge, and his information with us so that we can take it even higher and burn that love fire to a whole new level. And let's get this party going. Born in Memphis, Tennessee, raised in Mississippi, Marcus Black is a true product of Southern hospitality, culture of the deep South in America. He is a best-selling author and speaker, life coach, host of the Vital Podcast and creative storyteller dedicated to spreading his message of love. I am so happy to have him in studio today. And I know each and every one of you around the world are going to be super excited for this amazing conversation. Welcome to the studio, Marcus Black. Thank you for being here, brother. Absolutely, man. What a riveting introduction. I am so honored to be here with the man, the myth, the legend himself, the one and only Shaman Durek and this incredible community of people. And I'm so excited for what we'll get into today. Thank you for having me. 
Absolutely. So how did your journey of spreading love start? Where did you find your initial inspiration? Well, <laughs> my story is one that was that was birthed out of pain and trauma, if I'm honest. Probably not, not like unlike many others. And so my mom was a huge source of inspiration because she was a fighter. She was a warrior. But I grew up in a home where addiction was prevalent. I grew up in a home where there was addictions to alcohol, addictions to gambling. And I grew up being told how I would be a failure from an early age. Lots of anger, walking on eggshells. I know this isn't uncommon to many others. So I remember, it's funny, but I've been manifesting since before I knew manifesting was a thing. Because I remember being a small child, less than 10, thinking, I don't know what it is, but it's not this. This isn't it. And I began to visualize a life when I became an adult that would be different, where peace would live, where love would reign where I got to control and, and I started building that. And that's what, that would be my daily escape to help me survive. And so that's where the inspiration was birthed out of pain. You know, I always say that understanding of the pressure, like how, you know, when, when you think about sand being pressurized and it becomes this diamond, right? And how, you know, we, we realize in life, a lot of people think in life that, you know, if your life was easy and perfect, then they think, okay, well, you know, that's the spiritual path, but they don't understand that the spiritual path is birthed out of the darkness. It is birthed out of the suffering. It is birthed out of the, tri the, the, the trials and tribulations that we go through because, you know, and also coming out of a family with the addiction and, you know, and with these types of situations, you know, we understand because in shamanism, we say addiction is literally people who are empathic, who don't know how to control their empathic energy because they're overloaded. So they don't have coping mechanisms. So they use addiction as a way to deal with those things that they can't handle. And so. I came out of an abusive home too. I was beaten every single day. I've had people tell me I was a failure. I was stupid. I was fat. I, I was this, I was that, you know, it was like nonstop. And I realized was like, these people are ill. They have an illness and it's a sickness and it's a real sickness. What do you say to someone who is in that situation right now? What would be your words for them, brother? Oh, I love that question. And what I would tell you, if you're under the sound of my voice and you're sitting in it, no winter lasts forever. Seasons in life change. And it doesn't make what you're experiencing any easier in that moment. But this too shall pass. And so what I communicate to people is this. When you're in that situation and it feels like you're trapped and life is being sucked out of you and taken from you, I just want to give you a warm hug. Let the spirit give you a warm hug and remind you that you're not determined by this and everything you're going through is only going to equip you and give you a greater strength that's going to empower you to serve and do greater things later down the line. Because I didn't know when I was sitting in that prison that I was going to be speaking to people all over the world, empowering them that they can make it past their prison. So I want you to know this too shall pass and no winter lasts forever. Mm, I love that. I definitely love I know. I love the whole this too shall pass. You know, there was this Lauren Hill song that actually when there was a time when I, I moved to New York to bring shamanism and share with people love and spirit and so forth. And of course, people quite didn't get it at the time, but it was fine. And it was a struggle because I walked away from my dad's wealth and I said, you know, I, I'm going to live my path. And I'm going to do my own thing. And 
there was this song from Lauren Hill where it was like a record player playing. I don't know if you remember that. And it was like talking about, you know, like um, every day is every day. What is meant to be will be after winter must come spring. Change it comes eventually. I just love that song because when you said that, that's the first thing that popped in my head because I had some tough nights in New York City, not being able to eat and pay my rent and all of that. And I remember that was the song that carried me through. I knew like season's gonna change. Like this is one season and another season's gonna change. It's not gonna be the same, you know? And it's like, it's interesting because when you're in it, you're in the thick of it. You think there must not be a way out. What is the what is the mindset that you feel that people need to take on in order to see the light at the end of that tunnel? Man, you ask incredible questions. I love the depth and the heart behind what you bring. I truly mean that. This is an incredible conversation already. But the mindset that I think you must have when you feel trapped and there's no change is to understand, oh, this was the one that helped me. I've been in some major situations in my life. And I've been in some situations that I just knew this is the end for me. This is it. There is no tomorrow beyond this moment. And guess what? There was a tomorrow. And then the next situation came a year later and I'm in the same situation. I'm never going to get through this. I don't know how this is going to work. I'm four months behind on rent. This isn't like I'm going to be on the street. And yet here I am. And then a time and time and time again. So what I want you to realize is that think about your life. However many years you've been on this planet, everything you've ever been through, you came out on the other side. So what's going to make this time different? Why does, why it's what faith is. It's believing in that which you cannot see and that which you cannot see is tomorrow, but tomorrow's going to be brighter. Maybe not the literal tomorrow, but eventually it gets greater later. Do you feel that a lot of the reasons why people don't go into that space of faith is because they don't know how to hold? You know, it's the same thing. It's like when you invest in something, you know, if you if you, as soon as you see the market changing and you try to sell your investments, you're actually not going to see the reward of it. Right. So do you think that the idea of spiritual holding, being able to spiritually hold into the idea of that you will be prosperous or that you will get healthy or that you will find that love, just hold into it is the way for us to truly connect into faith in the more authentic way. What are your thoughts on that? One million percent. One, that is one million percent it. It's because we panic. Because when adversity presents itself, we immediately think what's wrong. Something is wrong. And this mountain is now in my way and I can't see the vision clear. I can't see where I was going. And so therefore, I, since I can't see it, maybe it's no longer there. And I always give a message to people that, look, just because you can't see it doesn't mean it isn't there. I go outside in one place where I connect with spirit and where I refresh and refuel myself is at the lake. I get out in nature and I separate myself from the noise and I feel the breeze on my face and I listen to the sound of the water crashing. And one day I noticed I was out there and it was incredibly foggy. I could like normally I can see out clear across and everything that's there. But this particular time I couldn't. And that's when the revelation hit me. Oh, you can't see it. But just because you cannot see it doesn't mean it isn't there. So when those adverse situations hit your life, you got to hold. Don't panic and sell. How many times have you heard people to your investment analogy who would have been millionaires if they had waited one year? 
But instead, they panicked and they got rid of it and they forfeited something that could have blessed them immeasurably. Don't forfeit your future for a temporary adverse situation. Do you think that human beings are prone to reactive behaviors because they haven't been given the ability to really tap into spirit because they've been focused so much on the mind and actively responding to everything around them so that if people were more in touch with the spirit that they would actually hold? What do you think is missing that allows people to actually step into a place of having that pure trust and knowing that the universe in God is for them? Man, I love that. I think you're 100% right. That is exactly what's happening. It is because many have not learned to submit that there's something greater than you. And when you think about what spirit is, that's where the faith and the trust comes from because I don't have to know all the answers. I don't have to have the full plan as long as I know there's this entity, this force, this power that is walking with me, that is guiding me, that is leading me. And even if it's leading you through the valley of the shadow of death, there is no evil that will harm you because on the other side is life, is an abundant life. And I think about every time I walk through the valley of the shadow of death in my own life, when I learned to trust it, my lowest moment in this world, I didn't have a job. I was I had been traveling, doing missions around the world. And so I got married and I was like, if I'm getting married, I probably should have a job. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> and so I got a job and, but it was a temporary job. And I remember getting let go from that job and not having anywhere to go and getting an eviction notice. And my wife crying to me saying, are we going to be okay? And me not knowing. And finally I got another temporary job and budget cuts and they had to let me go in my lowest moment. I'm walking down the highway in a suit. They packed my belongings in a Walmart bag that they pulled out of somebody's trash can, handed them to me and said, thank you for your services. I didn't have a ride because we didn't have a car. I'm walking down the highway in a hundred degrees in a suit, but I had a smile on my face. (laughs) How could I have a smile on my face in my lowest moment? It's because I already know. I don't know what this means yet, but I know that this is directly tied to what I'm supposed to do eventually because of being tapped into spirit. So if you guys are listening, that's something you need to start learning. What does it take for you to submit your mind and your heart and your soul to that which is greater than you? Because when you have that type of faith, what I'm doing now could not be happening had I kept those jobs. Me doing what I love and important in the people and traveling and speaking would not be happening. That had to happen. I had to go through that valley, but I also went through it with trust. So thank you for that question. Absolutely. You know, I, I find it the whole idea. I never walked alone as the the signature of us being able to get to the space of realizing that we're not alone. Why do you think people want to believe they are alone? And why do people fight so hard to be? I spent a lot of time with Nelson Mandela. I'm, I'm an ambassador for Nelson Mandela. And I spent a lot of time with the person who wrote his autobiography in the summer times. And he, what he used to say all the time is that Nelson Mandela believed that human beings love their chains. And so whenever you would try to bring a key to free them from their chains, they fight you. Why do human beings need to fight their freedom? Ooh, that's a powerful question. Man, why do human beings fight their freedom? I think it comes down to comfort zone. As much as we, quote unquote, desire something greater and we desire true freedom, we really don't because we don't know what that looks like. Even though this is miserable, this nine to five is miserable, this life, this relationship, whatever I'm in is miserable. 
I know it. I know I know what to expect in this misery and that misery is comfortable. And the moment somebody begins to present ideas which contradict my comfort zone, we shell up, we hole in and we start to feel an insecurity of what if I'm not enough? What if my decisions are bad? And you know in your heart this decision is destructive, but you still feel so deeply an insecurity that if they're saying that and that's right, then I've been wrong all this time. And so we just rather... Pride is another reason. Stay in the comfort zone. Let's talk about that pride for a moment. What are your thoughts on righteousness and pride that people have about their need to have poverty? When people are, when people are saying, "Oh, I'm you know I'm working hard to get out of poverty. I'm working hard to bring a relationship." But are they really working hard, or are they have? What is the pride aspect of people's spiritual journey that is actually getting in the way of them being able to really have a relationship with God? Man, I love that question. I I think as it pertains to pride, it's one of those things that often we can't see. And it's it's so much a part of us and it's so built, the me, me, the my, mind. I'm doing this that you don't yield to the guy that's trying to show you the way. So you might be working very hard. (laughs) And I know the urban philosopher J. Cole said, the good news is you came a long way, (laughs) but the bad news is you went the wrong way. (laughs) 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 it's real man yeah it is real it is real for real (laughs) okay so marcus tell me how did you create a life by design like what does it mean to live up to your true potential and how do we have the power to lead a life with love I love it, man. I, I think it comes to a realization of, of what really matters most. And that realization happened for me through an unfortunate circumstance, but it, it turned out to be very fortunate in the long run. Uh, it was at 18 years of age. I had a near-death experience. We flew off the highway, Dukes of Hazard style, 75 miles per hour, nearing a bridge, car flying, spinning, glass hitting us in the face, knocking down trees before we hit a massive tree and that car scrunched like an accordion. And we were in there trapped like sardines. My entire life flashed before my eyes and I couldn't help but think this is the end. But spoiler alert, you're listening to the sound of my voice years later, which means it wasn't the end. But something happened in that moment that I could never go back to. And that is a realization of how fragile life truly is and how any moment could be your last. And so we spend so much time worrying and complaining and wallowing in misery and sadness and and all of these things. And I'm like, I don't feel like I have time for that because today could be my last. I don't know what the future holds. So as long as I'm here, I'm gonna make the moments matter and how I make those moments matter. And even all that pain, I'm gonna make that matter because it doesn't matter. It's for nothing if you don't leverage it and use it But if you take that and you learn from it and you show somebody else a clear path beyond their pain, you now gave meaning to your pain and you didn't go through it for no reason. And so that understanding is what allows me to live with intentionality and to build the life that I love living and to pour myself out fully because I know that's all I got. And my time, my clock is ticking and I don't know when it ends. So I want to be able to say I lived full and whole. Oh, I love that. That's the whole idea of the sand becoming the pearl and the rock becoming the diamond. 
I think that's beautiful. I think, you know, taking everything that we have from the adversities to the difficulties to the everything and utilizing those things, not as I'm a victim or woe is me, but from a jumping point of, you know, rocketing yourself or, you know, launching yourself or even just creating those diamonds and gems and rubies to put on your crown and walk in that majesty to share that wisdom with everyone. I always believe that when I was going through my abuse, I had two pathways. And I remember I was in the room shaking. I had blood all over my body. And I was saying to myself, why, God, why? Why does this have to happen to me? I'm such a good kid. And then I went to, wait a second. Okay, if these things are happening, I have two choices. I can be very angry with my life and live a very angry existence, or I could go deeper into love and use that as my medicine. And I chose the love as my medicine, no matter how much people spit in my face or called me the N word or, you know, did whatever they did. I just kept loving. And I find that a very comforting place for me to be because it helps me. I always say, stop, drop into love. It just allows me to be present with whatever's coming up. And it also reminds me to turn the other cheek, as Jesus says in the Bible. Even though I'm a shaman, I studied all world religions. And shamanism, we don't we we believe that we love God by what God has created. So we know that if we disrespect ourselves or anyone, we're disrespecting God. And so the understanding of how human beings are operating at this time, where do you think we are going and what do we need in order to go to the right place in our evolution to see ourselves through this very dark time in our existence? I think it gets back to exactly what you just alluded to. Everybody got a choice to make and it's only one or two choices. You can look at what's happening around us and you can fall victim to it. And you can play it out through anger, through rage, through self-medicating because you can't cope. Like all of these things. And what does that lead to? That's the question. Because you said tapping back down into love, living into that fully, embracing it. Well, some people say, well, they tell me all the time, that's easier said than done. Well, I had a wise mentor tell me that, yeah, so is everything. Everything is easier said than done because it takes no effort to say words. But either way, it's going to be a hard journey. You just got to choose which one you're going to take because that life of hatred and anger and living into that is empty and it's destroying your body, it's destroying your mind, it's destroying your soul, it's deteriorating you from the inside out and your relationships and everything you do. So if that's the case, why would I not choose the heart that's going to serve me? Why would I not choose the heart that's going to feel good? And so moving forward for us to go the right way and evolve the way we should, we got to make the difficult choice to see it through love, to see each other through love, to spread that love and to be a part of the solution rather than pointing out the problems. Mm, You are like uh, just nectar to my soul, brother. Nectar to my soul. I'm just loving some of you. I'm loving all of you. So manifesting has become a well-known phenomenon. Everyone is talking about it everywhere you go. Manifest this, manifest that, manifest, manifest. I go on Clubhouse, manifest room, this manifest room, that manifest room. Everybody's talking about manifesting. What are your thoughts on manifesting? And do you see it more as a quick fix to something that people need to deal with? Or is this really a pathway of them learning how to be a co-creator with God? As Jesus once said, and I'm going to use this quote from Jesus because I do a lot, a lot. I love a lot of things that, that Jesus said. He said, you shall do greater things than I. Do you think people are living up to that? So what are your thoughts on manifestation? 
I think it's complex. So first of all, I, I do believe in the power of manifestation, but not as a quick, like you said, a quick fix, not from that vantage point. Some people do use it as that. Like, oh, if you just do this, everything will happen. But it's not that simple. Because it, you have to go back to what you said earlier about the sand becoming the, like that whole entire, it's a process. And so when I think manifesting, I told you guys when I was younger, I had to go through years of that torment. I had to go through years of that pain. So it's not like I was just going to manifest a better tomorrow and then next week I'm great and then life is good and I got all this money and all these resources. Oh, no, no, no. It is a visualizing that you have to do, but there's some work and some inner work, some soul work that you have to do. You got to search yourself to figure out who you are, how you are responding to the things that are happening around you. Then you can figure out the appropriate actions to take. And so I remember when I set out to be a motivational speaker, I said, I'm going to be one of the top speakers in the world. I manifested it, but I didn't just manifest it by saying it. I made some sacrifices. I left my corporate job. That could have put us in a tremendous hole. That was a major risk. I also started reaching out to many of the top speakers in the world. I started securing mentorships. I started going to conferences and serving and moving chairs. This is not easy. Manifestation is belief plus action, hard work plus patience. And then the guide of the spirit is what is the magic sauce that ties it all together and brings to fruition the desires of your heart. Because when your heart is submitted to God, his greatest desire is your greatest desire. He wants you to have what you want because he's the one who gave you the gift and the desire when you're in submission. So, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on, on the whole manifestation phenomenon. I, think- I like that because it's a, there's a form of surrender in the aspect of divinity. You know, I also say there's also there's a there's an, a recognizing of devotion where a lot of people go into that idea of if I do this, I do that. And I find it fascinating because even in shamanism, the way we look at it is, is that you don't have a one way relationship with spirit. You know, like it's a two way relationship. It's not a one way relationship. You ask something, you should also, you know, respect, respect acknowledge the fact that spirit may ask for something for you. You know, like there was a time I was walking down down the street and there was this woman sitting on a bench and spirit said to me, go sit next to her and tell her her son's going to survive the surgery. Now my, I'm like, okay, you want me to just go to some random woman and go tell this woman that her son is going to survive this surgery. And spirit's like, yes, you always ask of us. And here we are now asking of you, will you complete the task? And I said, yes, I'll complete the task. I'm a shaman. I'll complete the task. You know, as much as uncomfortable it makes me, I'm going to do it because that's why I'm here. I'm not here to listen to. I'm here to listen to spirit. I'm not here to listen to the fear. So I sat down on the bench, the woman, you know, and sat next to her, looked at her and said, may I, I, I have, ma'am, I have something to share with you. I have a message from spirit. And she said, oh, and I said, yes. I said, your son is going to survive the surgery. And she started bawling. She's like, how did you know my son was in surgery? I said, God told me. And so, you know, for me, I think there's a point to build that level of consistency in manifestation. It's not just getting a manifestation book or going to some seminar, learning how to manifest. It's about the devotion. And that's what I love what you said. It's about the realizing, you know, and I'm, I'm going to change the word from hard work to smart work and being able to look at how we operate in the field. And we say hard, well, we have to do the hard work inside. We actually have to do the, the love inside. We have to come into a place of, of recognizing that our soul has to be aligned in devotion and has to be aligned in that this is not just about me, 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 but this is about we, 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 and how do we create that? Do you feel that in your journey in life, 
from the time where you started as a kid to where you are now that you went from a space of you into the into the we and recognizing the we aspect? And what do you think about how that has affected your life? The answer is 100 percent, because, you know, when I was a child, I thought as a child and it was about me. It was survival. It was pure survival. But as I grew older and matured into adulthood, I realized that it was never about me. None of the things that were given to me were not about me. The difficulties, the good, the bad, the platform that I have is not about me. And the moment I make it about me is the moment it starts to crash and burn. So I had to make a commitment. And the commitment that I made to God was, I don't know why you kept me, but you did. Your thoughts are greater than mine. So what I'm going to do is commit to giving the rest of my life away to people. And so people now often revere me like, you're so loving. You're so kind. You're so compassionate. You all everywhere I see you, you give love, you give love, you give love. As if it's an option for me. (laughs) This is not an option. This is a life that was given to me based on the pain that I overcame and the fact that I was kept in a commitment that I made. And I honored that by giving back. So like you said... (laughs) Sometimes spirit will require something of you. Will you yield and will you accept or will you worry about what you want? But I can tell you that the life that I live is far greater than anything I could have crafted for myself after living in submission. And the life of service is the thing, the gift that keeps on giving because nothing is greater than watching a light bulb go off in someone's mind when they realize what that God loves them and has a plan for them when they realize that they are unique and they're special and they're not defined by the pain that they went through or what people said about them and they start to live into that and they come alive, there's nothing greater. I feel like I'm fulfilling why I'm here. Yes, yes. Ashe. Woo! So, you know, I, I always find it fascinating that people, when they when they get into relationships, they have all of these ideas and all these, you know, these beliefs of like how they want to change the person and how they think this person should be. And I see that that has caused a lot of just basically disconnection in humanity, in society, because human beings are walking around thinking how they think everyone should be in order to make them feel comfortable. What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) I love hearing you speak, man, and your thoughts, man, the depth. You know that it's coming from a different place. I know that you're you're divinely anointed. And, And I think that you are, again, spot on. And I lived that way, too, when I was younger. You know, I'm a married man now. And there was a time when I felt like my wife has to be this and she has to submit to this and all these things and these stipulations. And I remember I did that for years and I know she had to be miserable. She carried it like a trooper with a smile on her face. We think about all the relationships we do that in. We have all these expectations of what they should do and how they should be and and how they should live. And and based on our own sphere of thinking and our sphere of influence, we want them to, to act accordingly. But I remember the day I had the revelation that she doesn't belong to me. (laughs) I didn't create her. I'm not the giver of her life. I'm not the giver of her purpose. And just like I have goals, dreams, passion, and purpose that I want to accomplish, so does she. And I remember I started empowering her hardcore so much so that she's like, what's wrong with you? Like, what happened? And I couldn't explain it to her other than I'm not the giver of your life. God is, and he has something for you. And I just, my goal is to empower you to do it. Well, guess what? If I'm empowering her, 
she then began empowering me to go out and share my gift. And now you got this beautiful, like love and respecting relationship. But think about all the relationships in your life to those of you listening to the sound of our voices. The moment you put stipulations and control on people based on your vantage point because you think you can change them, you have now put yourself in the driver's seat. And my friend, let me let you know, you are not the driver. You are not the giver of their purpose. You're not the giver of their life. And so the moment you do that, you just begin to create resentment and all these little wedges to begin to drive in you and fester before next thing you know, there's this big explosion and you wonder what happened. The greatest thing you can do is empower people, learn to see them for who they are, learn to appreciate them for their differences and come to a common ground founded and found with the foundation of love. And that's the foundation of a solid relationship. I love that. That's very powerful word. I love that. So, you know, since we're on that topic, we're talking about men, right? Today in society, we look at men and we see that more women are spending more time really spiritually developing themselves, finding books, going to workshops. Like I go, when I do like a seminar or anything and I have like 500 people come, maybe eight of those are men and the rest are women, right? What, what is it that we men aren't getting? What, what is going on with the brothers? Yo, I love it. That's so hilarious because it's the same thing for me. Every time I do a talk or I host anything, it's like 90% women. (laughs) And I've had this conversation with people at large before. And I think it's because men, we have a different level of pride than even women. That's hard to swallow because women are like, help me. Like, please show me the way. I want to learn. Whereas men are like, I don't need another man tell me how I'm supposed to think. I don't need them to tell me how I'm supposed to live. It's not all men. I'm not, there's no blanket statements. Yes, of course. But, but large in part, more men are like, it's the same thing. Like, like a woman is more likely to hire a personal trainer, whereas a man is like, I don't need him to try. I'll go get some weights. I'll build a gym. You know, it's like just that mentality of, I don't want to submit to another male. I can do this. I can, I can do this on my own. Me, me, my, my, I got this. And I want to let you know, you don't got this. <laughs> Because I lived that way for a while, and it's a recipe for disaster. And when I started contacting coaches and those who have gone before me, elders, to speak into my life and show me what they've learned from their experience, my life got exponentially better. Because I had this conversation with Mr. Les Brown recently, and he said, I always heard experience is the best teacher. He said, I've always had a problem with that. Experience is not the best teacher. Like He said, experience is a substitute teacher. And his point that he was making was with experiences, like, why would you want to go through hell if you don't have to? If somebody's been through it before you and can show you the way. (laughs) Sometimes you got to go through your own. There's nothing you can do about it. But there are some situations you can wholly avoid just by tapping in and submitting, swallowing your own pride and just opening yourself to feedback and letting someone show you the way. Mm. You know, it's interesting because we're talking about we're talking about men and that they don't want to feel like they have to ask for help. But do you feel like that behavior is actually limiting our evolution as a species on our planet? And what is some of the ways that men can begin to engage in society in a way that shows that they want to evolve too, regardless of the pride or the indignation of their righteousness, but more from a place of what we call collective gathering. How is our species going to thrive if the men aren't showing up and meeting the women where they need to be or meeting society where it needs to be? Your thoughts on that? 
it's absolutely limiting us and our evolution as a species because the moment we began to all become open to growth and exploration and what we can become, we accelerate the process. <laughs> but as long as there's like people with their feet in the sand, like, you know, I'm not moving. Think about how much time is wasted just trying to convince a person not to change their mind, convince them to open their mind to different thoughts and ideas. And so if there are men who are like, you know what, I can even, if I'm honest with myself, I can see a little of myself in that. And I've had times where I didn't want to lean into wisdom or invest in that. I would tell you to start small. You don't got to go all in, but just buy a book, find a voice that you like, somebody you respect and, and buy that or listen to a podcast and just start feeding your mind. Because what you'll learn is as your mind is fed, it's like a living being. Your mind wants more. It wants to develop. It wants to grow. And when you take the lid off, when you open the bars, the sails, so to speak, then your mind will start asking you for more. And next thing you know, you've opened your mind, your heart, your life to things you never knew. And your progress as an individual accelerates. And your life and your family and your relationships and your business all begins to flourish because you made one simple choice to open your mind and open your heart to development. Mm, your words. Yes, 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 yes. I love that. And can you share with the, with the tribe some ways that they can service, check in with themselves, ways that you have found has been beneficial for helping people to, to really pay attention to who they are instead of always being distracted by the outside world? Absolutely. I love that question. Number one, silence the noise. You got to disconnect often. And I'm not talking about one vacation a year. For me, it's weekly. Like I have a daily. I, I'm telling you, I will turn my phone and my TV off and go to the lake. Don't ask me why. That's where I connect to God in nature. And I feel the breeze and I see the creation and I'm looking at the water and, and everything. I'm hearing the waves and that, I, that just refuels my soul but it eliminates the distractions. You know what else it does? Eckhart Tolle talks about this, the power of now. It brings me into now because you can't change a single thing that happened yesterday and you can't control a single thing that's going to happen tomorrow. So you have to live right now. Appreciate what you have right now. And in that space, that leads to gratitude. What do you have? Not what don't you have. What do you have? And being thankful for that. I'm not talking complacency. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have goals or dreams. I'm talking contentment with where you are. But knowing and expecting of what's going to come down the road, as long as you're living in the now and you're isolating yourself regularly from the noise, because here's the thing, your minds, we are so overwhelmed and anxieties at an all-time high and depression. All these mental things are taking over us, but we're overstimulated. You got to think, it's like these are at an all-time high. Yeah, they didn't have TVs and cell phones and internets that was pinging you every five seconds of trauma. All the trauma in the world is filtering through your mind and your brain and your heart was not meant to take on that much trauma. So if you don't disengage and disconnect from it, that is a recipe for a breakdown. And you have to. I do it every day. I'm not telling you something I don't practice. Like, right. I do that. And it's led my soul to being refreshed. And I'm not overwhelmed by what's happening in the world. Mm, take me to church, brother, with your words. Yes. I was just, hallelujah. 
<laughs> I love it. It's good. It's real good. Uh, so, you know, what you were saying about, you know, people going into that space of breakdown and going into that understanding is that human beings feel like they have to watch the news. They have to listen to gossip. They have to be surrounded by negative people's opinions and conversations. And limiting anything other than that, they don't even consider it. Why do you think they don't consider it? Man, I, I think the greatest answer I can give is it comes back to a comfort zone. It's like, it's driven by this idea of society, society like, oh, and FOMO, like I don't want to be the one missing out. So if the news and everybody's talking about it and you get on Facebook and everybody's going back and forth about these world events and they're at each other's throats, you want to know. I want to be in the know. Let me go find out. And then you go and you're traumatized and then you see people you love saying things you disagree with and your soul is weary. And rather than saying, oh, I need a break from that, you just pile it on and you do that day after day after day after day. And I, I think people do realize, but I just, I think it gets back to like, I don't want to miss. I don't want to be the one left out. At the end of the day, we all want to be accepted and connected. We're looking for a place to belong. And even if that place is toxic, if we belong, I'd rather belong somewhere that's toxic than not belong in a, and be in a healthy space, which is sad. People don't think on that level of consciousness all the time, though. They just know that I belong here. And even though it's killing me and it's destroying me, at least I belong. And it's, it's mm -hmm. appeasing that side of them that's desperate for that love and care and belonging. Yes, it's beautiful. I love that, you know, because you know, a lot of times in shamans, we talk about the key element, uh, the key element of other people's happiness or anyone's happiness is to feel that they exist. And so we live our whole lives you know, professing our existence instead of acknowledging that we exist and that has already been given to us. And when you were talking about the, the now from, you know, Eckhart Tolle, we were understanding in shamanism, we say that everything you see happening now in your life is because of the choices you made in the past. And we live in a quantum universe. So if you want to see something next week and the month after, you have to start making new choices in the now. Versus what instead of reacting to the now. So I, I love that. I think you're an amazing speaker. How can people get in touch with you? How can they find your book? How can they set up appointments with you? How can they, yeah, tell us about your podcast. Tell us everything. We want to know you, brother. Man, thank you. I'm so honored. This has been a powerful conversation, which I knew it would. I mean, I was following your work. I'm like, this guy's amazing. But yeah, if you guys want to connect with me, the best way to communicate with me is Instagram. So that's at M Black Speaks with an S. And I'll be happy to connect with you, send you a message. I'd be honored to. Also, if you're looking for the book, it's on Amazon or you can get it at my website, which is mblackspeaks.com. And the Vitalized podcast is also linked on my website. And that comes from, that word hit me years before I ever did anything with it. I didn't even know what it meant. <laughs> and I found out the word vitalized means to give life to, which was the mm -hmm. commitment I made to God years ago when I was still here. And so everything I do is to give life to the world around me. You will, people talk about being on brand. You not ever hearing anything come out of my life, out of my mouth that isn't life giving and that won't make you feel introspective, thoughtful, and ready to go do and be better because you can do it. So man, thank you so much for the opportunity to connect. I really appreciate the conversation. 
Absolutely. And you're also on Clubhouse, too. You can find me on all the social medias. I got TikTok at M Black Speaks, Clubhouse at M Black Speaks. I'm always on there lighting up a scene with, with all the words in my voice. So, yeah, you can find me on all the social medias at M Black Speaks. Excellent. Thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate your wisdom, your knowledge. We appreciate your truth, your heart, and your soul, the way that you elocute and speak. It really touches deep into the cells and the soul. And I know so many people around the world who are listening to this are going to benefit and see such power in everything that you're saying and how it's going to redirect their lives for the better. So I really appreciate you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, man. The pleasure was mine. So it was really great having Marcus Black today on Ancient Wisdom today because I feel like he is such a soulful grace of knowledge and information. I mean, you know, to live your life going through so much uh, addiction in your home and so much abuse and being called names and being constantly berated with so much negativity can put you in such an odds with yourself and odds with who you are as an individual. And it is important for us as human beings that we're able to move beyond those abuse of experiences that we go through and recognize that we all have the power to move ourselves into a new light on how we connect and how we continue to move into a space with love with ourselves by our choices. And I love how he eloquently speaks about those choices and that we do have a choice. We do have a choice to allow fear and hate and anger and all of these things to affect us. Or we have a choice to watch TV or be clouded by our visions by wanting to fit into social groups and get connected to people who are sitting in nothing but suffering and pain and drinking poison, but because they belong, because they're accepted into a group, it's okay, but it's not okay to take a look at oneself and see the power of what we are doing to ourselves. Is it coming from a place of love? Is it coming from a place of joy? Is it coming from a place of service? Or is it coming from a place of wanting to just belong and take in poison after poison after poison from the things that we're subjecting ourselves to? You know, I think that his journey and what he experienced in that car crash, oh my God, that story of that car crash was so intense. I was on the edge of my seat when he was telling me and, and talking about it in the studio and realizing that that car crash, you know, plays such an integral role when we go through something so dramatic and so painful and being able to just be stuck in that car after that crash and then thinking that it's over for you and then realizing that spirit has a greater plan for you. And sometimes we do go through those rites of passage. Sometimes we, you know, he had that near-death experience. He saw his life flash before him. Sometimes we go through that. And it's not because we have to go through it to become spiritual. It's sometimes we choose to go through it so we can go deeper within ourselves and our service and how we show up on the planet. And remember, everyone's rite of passage is going to be different from the next. And the way that we operate as human beings is to recognize that we have the ability to shift ourselves out of any situation as long as we're not playing the victim, you know, and being in that victim space like Marcus was talking about is not the choice that you should make instead of choosing to realize that all of these pressures, all of these things are happening. It's not like you're going to manifest immediately, which you can manifest things in your life through your powers immediately, but to have the longevity of manifestation, the longevity of seeing resource, the longevity of health, the longevity of aqua that are being created by you to yourself from the things that you're doing in the world that you feel strong and inspired by because the love that you're giving to everyone around you. 
I think that there's this beautiful essence of reality that comes in when we realize that it's not about us and that we actually are playing a role to create more love, more joy, more happiness, more harmony, more health, more vibrancy on the planet. And that when we step into that understanding of that, we get to shift out of this idea of looking at how we are moving through life and how we are contributing through life versus to what we are interacting with. And I love what he was saying is that the way we are interacting, if we take a moment to unplug ourselves, we take a moment to look and pause ourselves away from all of the distractions, away from the energies that we're experiencing and really step into a space where we begin to see that, you know, there's a greater understanding of life when we stop participating and take moments and breaks and pauses and little moments for ourselves to be in nature, to be with the crashing of the waves, the sounds of the birds, the the wind rustling through the trees and and being able to hold into that place of quietness so we can hear the message of spirit and our ancestors and be able to take action when that message comes through because we've taken that time for ourselves. It's not always just being on and constantly being on, right? And so having someone who has gone through so much turmoil in his childhood and then being able to share that information, not from a place of woe is me, I went through these things, but being able to see how you rise out of those adversities and be able to move into the person that he is today, where he's speaking all around the world, you know, and sharing his positive love energy. And really what he's doing is vitalizing humanity with the grace that God has given him by giving him a second chance at life, not from a place of you get a second chance because you're doing something, but because that is who you are, because you're embodying the wisdom of the suffering and the pain that you've gone through in the right way. And how many times can we say someone is actually doing that? Because a lot of people will go around and play victim and victim and victim, and then create more people to come into life to victimize them so they can play that victim card and stay on that victim you know, path without being able to see that we gain in our lives by taking the pain and alchemizing it into love, into service, into healing, into joy, into art, into beauty, into grace, and all of the many things that we can bring from the kingdom of heaven into physical manifestation. And I really love his fine point about our relationship with spirit, the invisible, the faith. Faith is such a valuable component to our lives. And I call it holding, right? Being able to hold into faith, hold into knowing that prosperity is going to happen to you. And these things are so important because a lot of times people don't realize that we're not just here to have a physical experience. We're here to have a physical experience and uncover the invisible so that we can merge those two worlds together so that we can stop separating the spiritual from the physical and start learning how to merge them together and this beautiful soul union that our soul, that nature's soul, that everything's soul is asking for us to do and being able to create that wellspring so that we can drink the nectar of that love, that wisdom, that that energy of that soul's merge with spirit and physical so we can actually create more and see more and interact with other beings at some time or another, not from a place of fear or worry or doubt or shame or guilt or war or destruction, but 
but from a place of harmony and a place of true engagement, a place of true understanding of what it means to share information that is actually lifting people and expanding people and gifting people the capabilities to be the powerful beings that they are. And so I love how he talks about that so eloquently in our in our talk and how he begins to reference those points in his own life and share them with us. Because I think that, you know, at some point in our existence, we have to realize that we are not just here to suffer. We're not just here to go through pain or loss or, or issues where we can't pay bills or health issues or any of these things. We're not here just for that ride, right? We are here to take these experiences that have been here on the planet and transmutate them, transform them into a new reality, a new experience, so that those experiences can live out on planet Earth so that our children's 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 and all generations will be able to be a part of that new frequency versus the one that we've come to transmutate. You see, so the gift of life isn't just finding the per- your perfect mate or you know finding that that space of let me get the best home or the best car or be successful in my business that's not the purpose to life at all in fact the true purpose to life is to take on those energies that have been stagnant and dissonant and painful and filled with anguish and hurt and hate and disillusionment and grab those energies and bring them through the alchemical field of the heart to transmute them and transmutate them and transform them into an energy that has sustainable capabilities for our children's children to enjoy and be a part of. So that when our children's children's children come on earth, they come onto an earth that is much more cleaner, more beautiful, more loving, more nurturing, more supportive, more in harmony, more balanced, uh, no war, no suffering, you know, all of these things. Because remember, humans suffer out of the lack of truth that they present themselves with because of betraying themselves because everyone else is betraying themselves. And so the more we begin to move outside of that and step into an awareness that is able to give us the ability to recognize how powerful we are by the things that Marcus is talking about. And let me tell you, this was a soulful conversation that is to give us a new understanding of how to stay lit and how to realize we don't have to quit staying lit and that we have the ability to literally orchestrate a new conversation to ourselves individually and then collectively that represents joy, that represents love, and that gives us the ability to truly put the power back in our hands and really unplug, like he says, unplug, disconnect, and return to nature, replenish ourselves and go back in and be of service. And I I love that. I see that. I appreciate that. I honor that. And I know that this conversation and what we experienced today in studio with Marcus Black was so awe-inspiring and so motivating that you are probably so lit right now that you're ready to say, I can do anything. So what I want you to do right now is I want you all to just stand up and say, I can do anything. Download that into my body at 10,000. I love you.
I've created the Healing Temple because people all over the world want and need healing, but don't have the access to those healers or can't afford them. One of the biggest high-ticket items in the world today is remote healing, but some sessions cost hundreds to even thousands of dollars. And for only $10, the Healing Temple is a collective space for people to come together every Friday for 30 minutes. Participants are opening a wellspring of abilities, alleviating stress and brain fog, where the mind becomes more optimized and performance-based, and where you learn to utilize energy to up-level your consciousness. The Healing Temple also helps to break down walls where you begin operating in awareness of wellness, feeling ambitious and inspired like things are really changing in your life. Inside the Healing Temple, you're also stepping into a world where you might experience phenomenons that you thought wasn't possible. Something as small as a chill or the hair standing on the back of your neck becomes like an opening door. Some members have even said they've experienced increased psychic abilities and that these sensations have intensified with following sessions. I've trained my powers to impact change and I've learned how to get results. Who doesn't want to feel good? The Healing Temple is not only beneficial to you, but also to those around you. Because when you're feeling good, you shine that positive energy onto others. Your partner, your children, co-workers, even your dog or your cat. Everyone around you begins to feel better because you are feeling better. It's a rippling effect that's much needed on this planet. We need the Healing Temple more than ever right now because of all that's happening in the world, the social political structures, calamities, chaos, and feelings of hopelessness and despair. The social climate is on high and this pressure cooker is taking a negative toll on how many of us feel. The Healing Temple offers comfort on a global level because when more people are feeling good, the more kindness, generosity, and realness is generated. For only $10, I invite you to become part of the community that seeks to do good, to feel good, and to make this world a better place. Go to shamandurek.com and click the Healing Temple to join our wellspring of healing, restoration, and elevated consciousness. See you in the temple. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Tribe, I love you all so much. And if you want to stay connected, be sure to check me out on IG at Shaman Durek. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please visit shamandurek.com or contact info at shamandurek.com to learn more. And remember, tribe, no matter what, stay lit. <laughs>